I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Happy Friday, Celtics fans. It's your boy, Adam Taylor, joined by my usual Friday co-host, Mr. Will Weir. How are you doing today, Will? What up, what up, what up, Adam? I'm living, dude. I'm living. I'm, I'm, wa- I'm waking up happy. And then I'm realizing all I do all day is talk basketball. So then I become ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I- I'm living the life right now, man. I'm happy. How about you? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to hear you're doing well, man. I know uh, you kind of ventured off here. And now you're full-time basketball. So basketball, basketball, can't get enough of it, man. Yeah, dude. Like it took me about two weeks, if I'm being honest, to really adjust. And like, because the workflow and trying to structure my day. And like, usually all my basketball work came on the evenings, like 5 p.m. until like, till midnight was usually my basketball time and now it's like yeah i'm I'm starting at 7 a.m i'm watching film i'm tweeting i'm trying to be active on instagram trying to grow that you know youtube i want to grow that so like it's like trying to structure my day to benefit me and still get everything done that's taught me a good i'm in week three now i think and uh i'm slowly getting into the swing of things it was a bigger transition than i thought it would be i'll say that yeah, what's your what's been your favorite part? I know I know you talked about like a little bit the transitions difficult, kind of you know figure out the I'm trying to think of the right word here, like the regulation of your schedule almost. Like, what's been the best part though that you can? Is it just being able to not have to do everything at night and be you know turning that midnight oil? Yeah, I'm still doing that, but like, um, it's definitely <laughs> like you know you get up and you go to the day job, and I've always been like you're always working to make somebody else rich, you know, you're living, you're, you're working towards somebody else's dream. And uh, that to me is soul sucking. And I get it. Like, you know, that's just the way the world works. If, if people are in a position where their dreams being realized and they can give you uh, a way to make money and provide for the family, you got to do what you got to do. But waking up and being like, yeah, every day I'm working towards my dream. Uh, that's been the most Im- enjoyable thing for me. Like, get up, take, take the wife to work, you know, kids are off for the summer, she's doing her thing, and I'm just here watching film, going through, like, Dennis Schroeder. I think I watched, like, a thousand possessions of Dennis Schroeder. Over yeah, I saw, I saw your opinion started to flip a little bit from our conversation a week ago. It did, it did. I'm still I'm still out on the, um, you know, on his mentality. I still think he looks for his own shot too much. I, I think that his assist numbers, I've said this before, but I do think they're disingenuous. I think they're a little bit misleading compared to the usage rate, how often the ball's in his hands. But man, as a six man, I don't think you could do much better. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it all comes back to the context of it, right? You know, yeah. we don't need to rehash it again. But for this point in the offseason, even Brad Stevens and a presser, you know, earlier today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to it, talked about we didn't think Dennis Schroeder was in our plans. We didn't think he'd be available at that point. So when you have that type of value, you look at, you know, he has a few elements that the Celtics needed. And, you know, we talked about not a perfect fit, but at the, at the value, the context in which you're bringing him in, former, you know, almost six man of the year, if he's going to be reprising that role, I, I think you got to go ahead and do it. And I, we'll see what happens, man. It's season hasn't even begun yet. So we haven't begun to see what, you know, Ime's rotations are going to look like, how he's going to utilize the other players that will be out there with Schroeder. So there's a lot to be that, that can unfold from here, but I'm excited to see what it looks like when the season gets going. Oh man, I'm completely with you, dude. I think the biggest thing for me is I'm really curious to see how Ime balances the veterans that are on the ro- in the rotation now, along with the young guys. So, like, I'm postulating an Aaron Neesmith as a starting two guard simply mm-hmm. because 
Now you have Schroeder and Josh Richardson as your bench veterans, but you've still got your vet- your core veterans, Tatum, Brown. You can even put Horford in there because he was part of, you know, he's come back into something he's already comfortable with. You've got those guys leading the first unit. And once you start to sit them and put the bench guys on, you're still bringing that veteran leadership, but you can throw a Peyton Pritchard in there, throw a Romeo Langford or a Grant Williams, and you've still got that leadership there. So I'm interested to see how he balances the the upside of the young guys with the steady hand of the veterans. And I think there's a lot more opportunities for him to do that than what Brad Stevens had last year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is is your guy Romeo and where and where he fits into all of this because you know, right after the the Kemba move to bring back Al Horford at the time, and, and we had talked about this during the season, Stevens, when he was the head coach, talked about it, you know, envisioning Romeo as that ball handling wing primarily with, with the second unit. And while it's uh, certainly still on the table for him to get some minutes like that, bringing in Josh Richardson, who is a, you know, ready to go version of what potentially Romeo could look like to a certain degree you know, takes away some of those moments. Schroeder coming in here, Schroeder or Schroeder, shout out to our guy that gave us the correct correct pronunciation on Twitter last week. Uh, you know, him coming in, another guy that's going to need to have the ball in his hands. So if Romeo is not going to have as many opportunities in that sense, you know, you start to look around and and this is, this is kind of the make or break year for Romeo. So I, I think Neesmith and Pritchett, because of their shootings, are going to have more defined roles and opportunities because that's going to be such a needed asset for this team. Whereas Romeo, yeah, it's great that he's an NBA level defender, but you know, Brad talked about this team, you know, he's trying to revamp this team into that gritty Boston team that fans get around and it's those defensive minded teams and, you know, bringing in Horford and Richardson, that helps to kind of reset that culture, extending Marcus Smart. Rob Williams is a good defender in his own right. So you now already have a rotation that's pretty deep with, with those defenders. And so the offense that Romeo is going to need to work on and show that he's making strides of determine whether there's you know value for him on this team or as a trade chip at some point in the season or whatever it may be that timing may be limited but Ime is going to have to find a way to squeeze him in at some point because you got to find out one way or the other what Romeo is to this team in, in in some form I mean you hit the nail on the head man Brad Stevens wants this team to have some teeth defensively you know he's Brad Obi Trice Stevens at this point because it's got to have teeth like um so that's the that, that's, that's a, that's a deep to... cut reference man i don't know how many yeah. people are going to get that but i like it <laughs> yeah that's a, going a little bit real name no gimmicks <laughs> two trailer park girls go right me outside anyway so what i'm saying is like he they want he wants that teeth on the defense he wants some bite some physicality some guys that are not afraid to throw elbows on the way down from collecting the offensive rebound just a bit more toughness to them and Romeo, unfortunately, just doesn't project as a guy that's going to provide you that. And I spoke about this earlier on um on a YouTube video I did actually saying, like, the biggest issue for me with Romeo is you've got two injury-riddled guys. You've got Romeo Langford and then you've got Robert Williams. The biggest difference between the two of them is that when Robert Williams is healthy and on the floor, he makes a valuable, legitimate impact. When Romeo Langford is on the floor... He's a passenger on offense, and he's an a, an average defender. You don't get that same impact. So I'm, I am concerned about where that's going to go. I think my rotations at the minute, if I'm going to put them into tier one, which is starters, tier two, which is bench, tier three, which is fill-ins, I think it would be, in my opinion, I'd like it to be tier one, Marcus Smart, Aaron Neesmith, Brown, Tate, and Horford. Um, bench, tier two, I'd like it to be 
Schroeder, Pritchard, Richardson. You can throw in Grant Williams or Jabari Parker, whoever you'd rather see develop a little bit, and then Rob Williams at the five, and then whoever's left over, you know, you, um, your Romeo Langford, you can have your Bruno Fernando, your Chris Dunn, whoever you want as your tier three guys, your plug and play. That's who's going to be there. So I, I, I like what Brad said. I like how his mentality. I'm definitely going to call him and refer to him as Obi Trice for the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> I, I like it, man. I like it. I like it. And I agree with you on the, on the tiers of that. I think that's a, a really good way to look at it. And, you know, I, I think don't forget about our guy Enos Cantor as well. People forget it's another solid sign. He probably fits into that tier three category on most nights and then certain nights he'll he'll elevate to tier two for playing a team with a bit more size or, or whatever the case may be but um yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all shakes out but you know i think one of the crazy things is when you look at this roster it, it's it's certainly deeper you know than than what we had last year and it feels like right now we have at least seven known quantities barring health concerns, of, of what you're getting going into the season. And you can probably expand that to nine, including with Neesmith and Pritchard and and just in, you know, expecting some continued development from the two of them. You know, I think Pritchard's already very solid, so you can even go eight there. And then I feel very good about Neesmith. So you're already looking at, you know, nine guys that, that you're feeling pretty good before we hit training camp and opening night with. So that's 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 a pretty good job from from Brad right there, and you know does put a little bit of pressure on whoever's trying to crack into that rotation, knowing that there could be nine solid guys that are already lining up to get minutes. It also puts pressure on the guys that are in the rotation towards the back end to be able to retain their position in the rotation all year. Competition's a good thing; yeah. it forces growth, it forces consistency, and for these younger guys, it's going to force development because when you're Josh Richardson that's trying to rebuild your value in the league and you've got a Romeo Langford trying to take your minutes away so he can even remain yep. in the league. Well, now that's a battle that's going on behind the scenes that both of these guys are going to become better players for that battle. So I think from Brad Stevens' point, if you look at it in the aspect of, well, they didn't really have assets coming into this summer. They didn't really have enormous amounts of flexibility and enormous amounts of options. He's he's took lemons and made lemonade. Oh, I feel yeah. like he's done a great job, man. Yeah, I, I think this is easily a solid B B plus maybe for Brad Stevens. Yeah. I feel like you can't really call an offseason an A unless all of a sudden you you feel like you're in like a championship contending position, which yeah. probably wasn't realistic with with the moves that could be made this offseason. So given what he had, this is a really good job by Brad Stevens. And to your point, there's there's competition all throughout this roster for minutes, and you know the way it's set up. If Richardson's not performing and Romeo can step up, Richardson's on an expiring contract. There's not that lingering, you know, the issue with Kemba last year, people want to say, do we move him to the bench? Do we reduce his minutes? When he's making 30 million at the time, you don't know what else you're going to be able to do. You got to kind of play through that. 30 million is 30 million. He's taking up, you know, a fourth of your cap space or more. You got to kind of play through that and see what you can make work. When a guy's on an 11 million expiring contract, if it's not working out midway through the season and maybe a guy like Romeo steps up, you do have that flexibility to go ahead and say, well, you're coming off the books next year. Romeo's a guy that is showing maybe he's going to stick around, and boom, Romeo goes ahead and takes a spot. So it's really interesting to see how this is going to work out. I'm excited. we got a couple of dates coming up. We know we're opening versus the Knicks, Christmas Day against the Bucks. We're getting closer, Adam. We're getting closer to not having to fill all of our days with 2K ratings. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to be quite honest with you now. We are getting closer, but we're about to enter the desert where it's yeah. just absolute <laughs> nothingness. And uh, 
that's going to be tough to fill, you know, for people like me and like you that kind of live on the on the precipice of basketball kind of pulse every time something moves. We're like, oh, just news. That's going to be tough to kind of deal with. But, you know, we're seasoned vets at this. We can get for a few weeks. But you did mention 2K ratings, and I will say this. Brad Stevens might have had a, might have had a solid offseason. But Ronnie 2K, man, we need some words. Because Jason Tatum getting a 90. I mean, Tatum didn't seem impressed on that video. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I, I did see that. He was, uh, he, he was already it, – it's so funny, man, that these players these days, they're so on it with what they start with, what they end with. Because now that you can go there – I mean, think back to the day when – you know, you and I were playing video games. There's no updates. They just, they were what they were when it came out. There's no, there's no updates to it. You, you know, you may get a game at the beginning of the season and then a guy goes from bench player to six man of the year or an all-star. He's still that same player that you bought fresh out of the package from GameStop or wherever it might be. Like that's still the same guy. Now with these updates, you know, I was watching that the piece you're referring to and Jason Tatum is so aware of where he started last year, where he ended, where he expects to be now and where he expects to end at. These guys are on it, man. So the one thing that I kind of looked at with this and like, man, you're taking me back to like NBA Jam 2000 with these no updates, (laughs) you know, back on the uh, the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 1. Do you remember, I used to love NBA Street on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, I was, I was, N64 was my first love. And I remember like Kobe Bryant's courtside was a was a big one that I was that I was into. And then when we got to the to PlayStation 2, I played a little bit of uh, of NBA Street, but really I remember and I don't know the lyrics, so I can't go ahead and give it to y'all, but it was the NBA Live where I think Jason Kidd was on the cover, but Another Fab- one. Fabulous had that intro song. Yo, it's a banger. <laughs> yeah, so like I was always a street ball guy. Like street ball was my jam, you know. And one videos used to sit there for hours watching hot sauce and white chocolate and earthquake and all these dudes. So when NBA Street came out, I used to grind that game like there was no tomorrow, man. And so um, I remember that hardcore. But it's the same thing. There was never no updates. You know, the players you got were the players you got. If you wanted any new guys, then you needed to go online with your like 10 megabit broadband and... <laughs> find the instructions on how you created that guy yourself and it would probably take you about four hours so um you know but it was a pastime it was a pastime but yep tatum knows that he was higher in the 90s than what he is now now my outlook here is if you put tatum at like a 93 and 94 how do you justify putting him at a 97 98 to end the year like one of the top four or five guys in the entire league like i'm not saying tatum can't get there but you need to have like from 2K's perspective, you need to have some form of reality-based ranking system. And by starting starting him off a little lower than where his true talent level is, that gives you that scalability over the remainder of the season to bring him up to a 95 or a 96 and you're not pushing the boundaries too far. That's the only reason I can see they do it. Yeah, I was uh, I was consulting with my 2K counsel on the side here before we uh, before we hopped on to get their inputs and you know honestly I, I'm just recently myself getting back into 2K and video games it's something I hadn't really uh, re- really been engaging with for the past several years until the pandemic hit and then I got back into it a little bit here so I've been firing up the latest 2K over the last few weeks trying to simulate this new Celtics team. But yeah, from what I can tell and from what my, my research assistants have, have shown me is that typically <laughs> typically what, what it feels like is, as to your point, they'll start off a little bit lower so that there is that room to be able to grow as to say, you know, Jason Tatum's blowing up. He's clearly going to be first team all NBA, second team all NBA. 
you know, we saw at the end of last year, he had multiple 50-point games. Of course, the 60-point dagger against the Spurs, you know, dropping 50 in the playoffs. So if he starts off hot, now this gives them almost a borderline marketing opportunity. Like, log in, check out the new ratings. Jason Tatum's up to a 92. Make sure you go ahead and, and download the latest roster or update your roster. So it's definitely partially a marketing strategy with setting the bar a little bit lower. Um, but yeah, you know, Jason Tatum wasn't, wasn't too happy with it. A 90, not bad, man. He's in, he's in those top tier though. Like they only released the top, top tier level, level player ranking. So, you know, Jason Tatum's making his mark and, you know, by the end of the year, I, I expect him to be probably somewhere in that 93, 94 range, I think. Yeah. I think 95 is his cap. Yeah. I will say this though. 2K21 was the worst 2K I've played in a long time. Like I buy every, I buy every 2K on day of release. Um, I always buy the legendary edition. So I get the, you know, you get the VC boost, you get the, uh, the my team packs and whatever. And um, this year's just, usually I'll log, you know, a, a thousand hours probably, or probably a bit more over the year. I think I've logged less than 200. Like it's just not been it. Like, so so tell, tell me more. Tell me, what is it? Because like I said, I've been kind of separated from the game for a little bit. So I've heard similar complaints that people haven't liked this most recent version as much. Is it the gameplay or is it some of the other? What is it about it that's that's not not hitting correctly for you? Yeah, I think the change to the to the shot mechanics, you know, having to use the one to the one pro stick to, to actually pull up and shoot the other one to aim the board. I think that just overcomplicated things a little bit too much. I could see what they were trying to do, but sometimes less is more in there. Like, you know, just figure out your player's release and green every shot. That's what, like, that, was <laughs> eno- that was enough work in itself, learning every player's different release in my team. Like, that was enough. Now you're adding in aim as well. Like, dude, I get some people spend their lives on it and they're pro gamers, but that's like the top 1%. Uh, what happens to the rest of us? I think that the, um, the AI on certain play types like screen and rolls and stuff. I think if you were getting your um your big man to pop rather than roll, it made yeah. some real funky decisions. Um the motion offense made some funky decisions too. Like uh, I, I just weren't a fan of this year. I really liked nineteen. I thought twenty was okay. And then this year was just an absolute albatross for me. So I'm hoping that they, they run some stuff back and release a, a better product in two K twenty two. Yeah, you know what we might need to do, Adam, is uh, once this new, w- once the new version comes out, we may have to do a little Twitch stream here. You and I can hop on there and maybe maybe play a little bit. So I've got bad memories about doing this. Because... <laughs> I've never done it, so I'm just throwing that out there. So but I'll I, I did, to you um, on this. I remember last playoffs or the playoffs before. It was re- it was like a couple of years ago or a year ago. Um, I, t- I went up against one of the Liberty Ballers, which is SB Nation's Philadelphia 76ers site. And okay. I went up against one of their writers in um, a seven-game series, Celtics versus Sixers in 2K. And we live tra- we Twitch-streamed everything. And um, I was saying to the dude, like, yeah, I haven't played in about six months. Do you know? Like, and it was, I was being honest. I was like, um, I haven't played in a hot minute, man. It's been a while, uh, you know, because I'm focusing on this and the writing and everything. He was like, yeah, I don't play much either, dude. The guy was like ridiculous, man. He, uh, I think it was a, it was a gentleman sweep. Okay, and, um, he, he okie doked you a little bit. Yeah, he he destroyed me, dude, and um, real bad, like embarrassingly bad. Like I think um after I think I left the streams up for a hot minute, and uh, I, I think they're still there. To be honest, I think you can still find them. But uh, yeah, he he busted me up, man, because I'm trying to use Kemba Walker and peel off a screen and just shoot a free. 
and he's running double staggers across the baseline, hitting guys, hitting Matisse Weibull in the corner. I'm like, I can't remember how to run double staggers on the yeah, baseline. Yeah, y- y'all already lost me, man. I'm such a casual gamer compared to all this. I have no idea. I, be- I mostly just do the pick and roll because it's real easy to do. Yeah, and, you get a- and you get a lot of dunks out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick and roll, but I want my big to pop, and then I'll, I'll try and get some set, or I'll short roll, and trying to, like, that's enough for me. You know what I mean? I'm trying yeah. to have fun. I don't want to have to be analyzing the game when i'm playing the game i do enough exactly. of that during the day anyway it's supposed to be the but, relaxing time man that's why the gameplay needs to, needs, needs to be easier for for the likes of us yeah dude i've usually got a glass of whiskey next to me and like yeah. you know like my my, uh, my reactions become slower the longer <laughs> i'm playing so the, the whiskey sets in so you know it's tough man it is tough but i think what we should do what we decided to do talking because we could talk about 2k without doing this for a hot minute is we are, as we said, they've only released a top tier of players, so I think it would be fun, a fun exercise to try and predict the remaining roster members' 2k ratings. Obviously, we know that Tatum's a 90, so nobody is going to get above a 90 or a 90. Um, and some people are going to, you know, I think 60 is where you start off in a my team, my player. So we'll say 65 is the floor. So, and then we can go from there. So do you want to go from top of the roster, which would be Jalen Brown, or do you want to go from bottom of the roster, which would be Carson Edwards? No, let's let's go top here, because that way if people want to tune out, they, they don't need to hear the Carson Edwards, Bruno Fernando piece. <laughs> so we'll 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 keep we'll keep it to the to the top rotation guys. Like we talked about actually. This is this is actually great to kind of refer back to the earlier part of our conversation, the couple of tiers that we have uh within the Celtics team. So let's start with Jalen Brown. I have him down here as as an eighty-five. So if Jason Tatum's a ninety, I have Jalen Brown at eighty-five. Same level of thinking in that, you know, there le- leaves room for growth and so that by the end of the season Jalen Brown's maybe somewhere in that 87 88 type range then again JB continually surprises me every single year you know we've talked before about progress not necessarily being linear JB's kind of the exception to that every single year it just seems he keeps getting better and better adding a new skill adding a new a new part to his game that that wasn't there before and somehow, you know, the efficiency when he, he added on the additional scoring load and work last year, the efficiency on the offensive end didn't go down. Defensively may have slipped a little bit, but, you know, given given the amount of responsibility he had, that makes sense. So I, I think with JB putting him at about an 85 in that, you know, depending on how you, you look at the stars across the league, certainly putting him in that all-star range of players, but giving him an opportunity to, to try to reach those high 80s. And, you know, if we had to set a max, probably somewhere around that 89 90 range would be the absolute top tier of where I would expect JB to go. But the man keeps surprising me. What do you think, Adam? So I'm curious, man, do you think there's really a five, a five point gap? Like, do you think, do you think Jalen Brown is that much noticeably worse than Titan? Not necessarily, but in video game sense, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm using my video game mind here. It's not necessarily my, my true basketball mind i'm trying to equate with with how a video game would rank these i I do think jason tatum's on a on a different tier or level yeah Yeah. so like if if we're looking at like you take the video game out of it for a second if uh you know actually a great example is on the athletic seth part now did this great piece uh about a week or so ago with uh, top 125 players in the league breaking them down into five different tiers tier one is like the super duper stars tier two are the the true all-stars with potential to kind of 
elevate up into that, you know, superstar range. That's kind of where Jason Tatum lives. And then most of tier three are stars that that can become, you know, regular all-stars that you're just penciling in every year. And that's kind of where I think Jalen Brown is. So that, that's where I'm thinking of the difference between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum has the potential to be an MVP candidate in the top superstars in the league. Jalen Brown, I think, has absolutely the ability. He's already made the all-star team last year to be a guy that going into each and every season, you're pretty much penciling him into the all-star game and probably debating him on that second or third team all-NBA. He's at least in that discussion year in and year out. So I agree. I completely like. I'm completely on board with all of this. The only reason I ask is because I had um, Brown penciled in my mind as an 87 to begin. Okay. With a with like a 91 cap, 92 if he's really blowing up. But uh, I mean, there's no, it's a two point difference. But when we're talking overall ratings on 2K, like you have to grind for every overall point in, like on my on my player and stuff. So I'm like, yo, these points matter, dude. And there's some significance <laughs> right here. Obviously, we're not even going to discuss badges. That could be a whole other podcast. I don't, even, I don't um, even get that deep into it. So let, let's go to the next guy. Who's who's? Because I feel like the next tier for the Celtics, there's about five guys that all fit in probably this next tier. So I'm curious to see who you want to who you want to go to next. I think if we're doing it in terms of core, then it needs to be Marcus Smart, right? Yep, I'm with it. What do you got? I've got him at an 84, which is a, a reasonable drop from from Brown. Uh, an 87. I think that's a reasonable drop. I think, um, you know, maybe maybe you could start him at like an 81 and cap him at an 85. Like, uh, I feel like either start him at an 84 and cap him at an 87, so there's limited room for growth, or start him at the 81 and cap him at the 85, so there's that little bit more wiggle room. Uh, obviously, 2K doesn't really reward defensive players the way it should because mm-hmm. most people are playing off-ball defense anyway when they're playing 2K. I mean, I know it's the cop-out, but if I'm playing somebody on um on like Pro AM and and I'm like this dude's a serious baller man, and then I switch and he's beating me off the off the bounce every time. Yep. But now I'm switching to off-ball and I'm guarding the guy in the corner and letting the AI yeah. do the work. So, <laughs> so how much value does that really hold in the game? You know, so like I'm guessing like a I don't know. I think 84 is fair, 83. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, we have the same same thinking once again, where I had him at an 82 with kind of the cap being 85 with that that room to grow. So it's it's right in that same line of thinking. And I feel like, especially when you're using your video game hat here versus your you know analytical, like actual basketball hat here, you know, your, your point of defense in, in basketball games, unless you're blocking shots, doesn't necessarily translate quite as much to the value you're going to get in a video game. And I'm like you off ball D all day. I don't care if it's the weak way out, go ahead, come at me. I, I'm trying to relax, have a beer, have a whiskey while I'm drinking this. I don't, I don't really need to be getting burnt and getting toasted because I'm one step slow with the joystick trying to, trying to stay in front with somebody. I'll try it every once in a while. And it is fun. And I'll be honest, it's, it's a nice sense of accomplishment. If you do take a guy like Marcus Smart and you're on ball and you get a steal or you, you cause a deflection, whatever it is, it does feel pretty good. But, then when your guy gets toasted, it's like, ah, oh, man, Marcus Smart's better than this. He should not have got toasted by Malik Monk on that play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so then you got to, like, check what yourself. Malik Monk? <laughs> I, was, I was recently playing against the Hornets, so I was just thinking of that. It just it popped into my mind because this is probably a very hyper-specific example. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, why Malik Monk? <laughs> it's just a guy that Marcus should lock down. Like, if we're, if we're, if we're playing real basketball and it's like, Hey, yo, Malik Monk's the, the guy you need to shut down. I feel good about Marcus Smart chasing Malik Monk and, and the Celtics having a good day. 
77 million over four years tells me you best be the market locking down Malik Monk, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, who do you want to go with? Do you want to go with Malik? Uh, let's let's, let's, stay, let's stay with some of the returners. Let's, let's, go, to, let's go to Lob. Let's go to Lob Williams here because I think he's an interesting one. Um, I feel like with video games, they don't always necessarily take into account injuries, and that's probably the biggest concern when it yeah. comes to Lob Williams. And I talked about it before. They don't necessarily reward defense unless you can block shots. And Rob Williams can do that because you know what translates really well into video games? Some big block shots, smacking it off the backboard, smacking it out of bounds, getting the 2K crowd to go nuts. So I put I, I put Lob at an 80. I put him at an 80 with, I think, an opportunity to to go up from there. And I would say, honestly... He's probably one of the guys that if we're looking here from a from a 2K ratings perspective, that probably has the most opportunity for that ceiling to jump to an 85, 86 or get the largest point difference from from a positive standpoint throughout the season. Just because if he stays healthy and, you know, he gets more games like he had in, in what was it, game two against Brooklyn, where he had nine blocks in that game to go along with double digit points, X amount of rebounds. If he has more of those games, his number is going to jump right off the page and he'll be much higher by the time the season ends. So I, I put Lob at an 80, and I think he may, may if he stays healthy, have the opportunity to get the most uh, point difference increase throughout the season. So I had him at like, in my head, I was like, yo, it should be a 77. And that, then, you know, kind of cap him at like an 84. But then I'm like, you mentioned the Brooklyn game. I'm like, that game is so recent. And recency bias always holds a weight to certain things, especially some like 2K. Yeah. And an 80 sounds reasonable. I mean, just for devil's advocate, I'm going to say like a 78, 79. Okay. 79 sounds fair. 78 sounds fair. Um, but yeah, I'm completely with you. I also think he's one of the guys that could go rapidly north in terms of overall, but could also regress. Yeah. Depending on how much he plays. Yeah. I think that's fair. Who would you want to go with next? Well, let's go with his big man counterpart. Let's go with the the return of, of Al Horford. What do you got for Al Horford? I'll let you start. So, yeah, Al Horford to me strikes me as an 80 just because um, you can you can still facilitate with him. You can run five-out schemes on 2K. You can play make from the high post, from above the break. He can, def- he can defend a little bit. As I said, I'm playing off ball, so I don't really care what Horford's defensive stats are on 2K. Um, just because they're, not, they're, no, they're of no use to me. That's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I think I think an eighty, but I don't think we cap it up. I think we need to cap how far it drops. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the play with Horford here. I put him at an eighty-one, so we're we're right in the same spot. And like I said, I've I've been trying to recreate some of the Celtics roster with my my two K usage rate, uh, my two K usage lately. And uh, man, Horford is really hard to shoot with in this game. He is not is not the same Horford that I tried to, that you think of on the court there with that floor spacing, which is kind of his contrast to to Lob Williams, who's going to be that vertical threat. And so yeah, I put La, I put excuse me, I put Horford here at at eighty one. But I think you're right. Out of the players that we're talking about from this tier one, tier two of the Celtics, you know, the core that we know are going to be part of that rotation uh, to start the season. He's probably the one with the the largest opportunity that that could go south on his rating at some point throughout the season, given his age. And you know, we, we know the Al Horford story. Happy to have him back. Video game Al probably not as good. And this is kind of like the Marcus Smart thing. Al does the little things when you watch a game, and when you when you play a video game, those little things don't always necessarily translate to to his true value. Did you want next? I mean, my thing is as well. It's true. The the guys that do the intangibles, well, intangibles don't show up on two K, so they're going to be low. 
Who do you want next? Do you think Schroeder? I think Schroeder would be yeah. in the same tier. I think Schroeder, you could make an argument. He'd be like an 82. Yeah, I, went, I, mean, I, thought, I went a little lower with him, actually. I went, I went down with a 79 for Schroeder. And, and part of that's just, you know, like you said, coming off not, not his best year. As you can tell from you know him ending up on the Celtics for under six million dollars, market wasn't quite what wasn't quite what he expected it to be. So for that, I went a little bit lower with Schroeder. Um, Seventy nine, I think, feels about right. I think he's you know he has the opportunity. He's, all of these guys that we're talking about, they feel like those high end role players within a video game, and those guys all live in the high seventies, low eighties. So you know, I think Schroeder's right in that mix, and I think by the end of the season, if it goes right. He could find himself in that 81 to 83 range, uh, potentially, if some of the issues that, that you thought may arise that we talked about last podcast come up and it doesn't go great. He could end up, you know, somewhere in those, you know, 75 to 77 range. Maybe 75 is a little bit low, but somewhere in that 77, 77 type range. So I've done a quick Google search and Schroeder started last year's 2K at an 80. Uh, I don't know whether that's just a bump because you're playing on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis that I now refer to this year's Lakers as the Golden Girl Lakers. Um, <laughs> you know, you got, uh, got Melo there, you got Westbrook there, you got LeBron oh, I keep there. I keep forgetting Melo's on that team as well. That's pretty good. It's the, it's the Golden Girl <laughs> Lakers, dude, I'm telling you. But, um, you know, maybe you get a bump on your 2K ratings for being on the non-Golden Girl Lakers, I guess. But, yeah, 80, maybe an 81, could be a 79. I think where you're saying like what like anywhere in that region between like 77 to 81, I'm completely fine with. If I need to put myself on an island, I'm gonna say start him at an 80 again this year, same as last year, and then you know maybe you cap him as dropping three overalls and you cap mm. him as going up by four. So he he like so his ceiling's 84, and then you know you can drop him down as low as like 76, 75. I yeah. think that makes sense. I think that's about right. And I mean, one of the last guys that we haven't talked about from this main core, Jay Rich, I think he's in the same boat. I think he's somewhere living in this range. I think I put him down at a 78, but, you know, I, I think he's probably somewhere in that 70. His low is probably somewhere around 77. His high is probably somewhere around 81, 82, depending on how the season goes. So I've just done another look because I'm curious. So he started last year as a 77. Okay. I, think, I don't think last year was good to him. Yeah, so maybe he, maybe he actually starts the same or or one point lower. Yeah, I put him at a seventy. I didn't I didn't see what he would. I didn't look up their previous year uh, year ratings. No, neither did I. I've just done it for these two because I didn't see enough of them to really be able to kind of. But but uh, seventy seven. He started with last year. I say so. I think he's going to start with a seventy five. I think a seventy five is a legitimate fair number that uh, I don't think he could be too upset with, although he might be because. Could you imagine being on one of these games? Like, like someone's <laughs> actually recreated you, and you told all you, like, especially as a rookie. So, like, you know, um, what wouldn't happen to the Celtics this year? But if that was me, and I was a rookie, and I was in two K as like a legit guy, and someone's put me at like a sixty-seven, I'd be fuming, dude. I, all my boys would be texting me like, "Dude, how can how can they do you like this?" I understand why the why the players feel some way about their ratings because it's definitely they must get some. Uh, some some banter, some friendly ribbing from whoever they grew up with. 
Yeah, I, mean, I saw a, I saw a great graphic on on Twitter earlier where it talked about the glow up of some of the top guys that that are, are rated right now. And, you know, LeBron's always been up there. LeBron's always it's LeBron. But like they talked about how you know a guy like Nikola Jokic, who was a second round pick, his first ever two K rating was like a sixty, and now he's a ninety six or ninety five, whatever he was. Steph Curry, same thing, was like a sixty nine in his first year, and now he's a ninety something. So it's interesting to see like how you know, because really when it comes to rookies, it's just a crapshoot. Like they have no data to work off. They're just projecting based on based on the pick. So who knows? And that that's where, you know, the new age of these updated rosters is really cool in the sense that, you know, like I said, when you go and buy NBA 2K22, but say it's back in, you know, 2004 or whatever, you know, NBA 2K4, whatever it was, you were just stuck with, you know, let's say a guy like LaMelo Ball. If they decided he was a 75 last year. He's a 75 the entire time you have that game. Doesn't matter what he does the rest of that season. Whereas, you know, where now you have these modern updated rosters, you can start a guy at 75 and let's say he takes off and blows up, you know, maybe he's an 84, maybe he's nine points different. That's, and that's where you see probably these younger guys, the largest jumps that you could see in this game are going to come from those, those younger guys. Just as an aside, how annoying is it when you haven't played 2K in a while? You turn it on for a quick game and you have to wait like 50 minutes for the update. Yeah. I'm like, dude, by the time this is downloaded, the time I'd allotted to play the game has, has expired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was a quick hit. I had some free time in between meetings. I got errands to do. And I just wanted to kill some time and like chill, veg out, chill, you know, play a game. And then you spend the whole time waiting for it to update. Yeah, I swear to God, that's caught me a few times. I've been furious with that stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So we've done, we knew Tatum was in 90. We've done Schroeder. We've done Brown. We've done Smart. We've done Al Horford, Robert Williams. We've done Jay Rich. So we, We've done like, most of the interesting ones. The rest of these, I think for the most part, I, I think there's two left that are kind of interesting. And then I think... Kind of the rest all fall into the low 70s, you know, high 60s. Yeah, I say we just leave that bottom tier alone. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the, we've got two more. So who are your two first? See if we're on the same page. Yeah, the last two that I think are, are interesting. And I'm, I'm going to throw in Cantor out to the side for now because Cantor's just not as interesting to talk about. Sorry, Enos, you seem like a great guy. You're you're fun to follow. I'm happy to have you back here. Just not as interesting as the other two that I think could I'm be more interesting to talk in about. WWE 2K rating. Yeah. Is he actually, actually he, <laughs> no, is he in that game? Well, he's talked about, doesn't he, he's talked about being a wrestler when his career's over, right? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, legitimately. But so I hope we'll he goes stick. to AEW, dude. Yeah, that's your that's your stuff. That's your stuff. Yeah, AEW um, is my jam, dude, every week. So the last two that I was thinking that we probably want to talk about is, is Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think we should end on Romeo because we started the whole podcast on Romeo. Let's do that. Let's do that. Do you like want to... a, an organic circle. Do you want to start with Neesmith or, or, or Pritchard? Where you want to go? Let's talk about the summer Pritchard, league. Duo. Pritchard gets a 99. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, in the Portland Pro-Am 2K. Yeah, yeah, of course, dude. Pro AM 2K. They run Pro AM on 2K. Now, jokes aside, I think uh, Pritchard's probably, for me, he's the hardest one to, to, to quantify. Like, I think 73 sounds really fair. Oh, okay. But I, I, I went I, higher than that. I also wouldn't be shocked for him to have a 78. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's tough for me. So I'm going to go in the middle and say 75. Okay, we, we ended up in the same place. I, I said 76, and part of it is that, you know, one of these things when it comes to video games, it feels like if you have a discernible asset in your game that can translate 
to to what makes a video game fun to play in the sense that Peyton Pritchett's a knockdown shooter. So him being able to shoot in a video game is going to increase his value of, of what you can add. Even if you played with him as a rookie, he was one of the, the few Celtics players, like uh, aside from the main names that we've kind of already gone through, who you could find a way to utilize him, even if it wasn't didn't directly translate to what you're seeing on TV. So I, I thought for Peyton Pritchard, I put him at a 76. I feel like, you know, last year after him having a – I'll call it surprising rookie year in the sense of being a late first round draft pick, a little bit unheralded, came in and turned himself into a really solid uh, rotation player with some really nice moments throughout the year. Uh, You know, he shot over 40%. I think that's going to translate to the video game. So I think 76 is where I put him at, but I could certainly see him climbing his way into that, you know, higher 70 type range before the end of the season. Yeah. And I think they'll do um, like a, well, I'm going to write a strongly worded tweet to Ronnie 2K later <laughs> in the year, if I remember, saying they need to do a Galaxy Opal version of Peyton Pritchard on my team. What's a, I don't even know what that is. What's a Galaxy Opal version? So they have, on my team, you have like um, color-coded like cards that are players. You, you've played my team before, right? I've like, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I've taken a look at it and it seemed like too much. And then I ducked out and played it just a regular game. So last year I, I spent a ton of money, man. And like I built a decent team over the year, like far too much money to want to admit. Um, this year I done it organically, but I didn't play it enough. Um, but like, so you, you start off with players and they tier players. So you could get the same. So you could get a bronze Peyton Pritchard and he's going to be a 70. You mm-hmm. can get a silver Peyton Pritchard. He's like a seventy-five or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm I can't remember the the markings where it changes. Yeah, and then it goes gold. Then you can have um, amphiest, crystal, diamond, pink diamond, um, opal, galaxy opal, and then there's another one after that. And obviously, the higher up the card is, the the more OP the player is. So like, um, you can get like a you could get like a, a pink diamond Michael Jordan, and then a galaxy opal Michael Jordan. And if you've got Galaxy Open and I've got Pink Diamond, George Jordan is absolutely smoking mine on every possession. It's just okay. they're 90, you're 99 overall once you've got the the the, uh, the Galaxy Opal cards, and they're hard to come by. But some people end up with like a 10 man rotation of just these 99 overall guys, and I'm just so they're like, just smoking dudes left and right with this. Team. Yeah, dude. And then like you like sometimes you'll go online and watch these guys two two guys with like 99 overall 15 man rotations, and you're like, I don't know how long it took you to get this roster, and I don't know how you one of you is expected to win because you just like you can shoot from half court with Steph Curry, and it'll just go in consistently. I'm like, man, but I want that for Peyton Pritchard. But I think, yeah, I think you know. 75, maybe cap him at an 80 if he has a tremendous season. I think that's completely fair. I think Neesmith, I started a little bit lower um, just because he's got crazy butterfingers at the moment, which really frustrates me. Um, I think that his hands need a lot of work. His coordination, his ability to catch on the move needs a bit of work. Um, And that will translate over into the game in turnovers at pace and in transition. Um, I think that we're not seeing enough out of him as a, a guy peeling off screens for when you're on motion offense, where you want someone coming off a pin down into a pull-up. We haven't seen enough of that. I'm going too deep into this. So I'm going to put him <laughs> as a 73 with a 79 cap on progression. Yeah, I put him at a 74, pretty much along those those same lines. He didn't have, he, while he had great signs in his rookie year, 
not necessarily video game signs that are going to translate immediately, but you hit it where I, I think he has a, a big opportunity for his rating to to ascend north should the season go, similarly to how parts of his summer league went where he really showed that promise. But like you said, his, his hands, his handle, there's certainly areas that, that need to improve for that to happen. But much like Lob Williams, he may also be probably second on this team, in my opinion, of who has the most room for opportunity to have that massive jump in their 2K rating by the end of the season. But some work to be done there, but I think we're, we're aligned on that. Let's, uh, let, let's, go, to, let's go to your guy Romeo here, because Romeo is where we started the podcast. We're going to bring it full circle here, and then we can wrap this up and, and get everybody onto their weekend. But what do, what do you got for your guy, Romeo? It's got to have some teeth, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 70. I think 70 is fair. We just don't know what he is. Uh, he, he's a Romeo Langford is a conspiracy theory because we have no idea where the proof is of what he could what he once was, and we have no idea because you know the college film in there and trying to translate high school to NBA blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and we have no idea where he's going to be or how he fits in with this team, how his play style fits. Uh, I, I don't feel comfortable giving him anything more than a seventy, but I'm going to be nice because I believe in his potential. I'm going to give him a ten point overall cap at 80 okay that's belief in your boy yeah i mean i'm I'm very very short on belief right now i'm almost (laughs) close enough to like sell all the stock i have in him you're the lead stockholder of the of the the romeo product (laughs) yeah i bought low i'm gonna sell low you know cut my losses i think i'm I'm gonna give until till the trade deadline before i make a decision on whether i'm completely washing my hands of being the number one romeo guy uh, but for now, I'm giving him a 10-point overall cap. So he starts at a 70 with the potential to go to 80. And I also think there's a potential he could slide down into the high 60s. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite there with you on the 10-point cap of where I think Romeo can go by the end of the season. But I put him at a, I put, actually put him at a 71 to start the season. So right about the same as you. I, I think there's equal opportunity for him to go three points south and three points north. We'll just kind of have to see what happens. Because as you said, it's... This is, you know, we talked about the very beginning, make or break season for Romeo. It's going to be really interesting to find out how Ime works him into this rotation because he's going to have to to figure out what is there at some point. Even, you know, it's just going to have to happen one way or the other. So we figure it out. So he's going to have an opportunity, just a matter of when. Or if, if he stays healthy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if, when, either way, it's a conspiracy theory until it's proven to be correct or false. I think that wraps us up. What I will say is, everybody, that if you are not following Mr. Will Weir, you are doing yourself a huge disservice because the dude is a living legend. Uh, that is at WillBum13 on Twitter and Instagram. He is a living legend. He got my arbitrage joke straight away. I hope you did too. You can feel free to tweet at me and tell me. If you didn't, then, hey, dudes, I'm 30, dudes and dudettes, I'm 34 this year. Give me a break. Um, not 34 yet, though. Uh, as usual, if you would like to give us a nice start to the day, give us make us feel like we're doing a good job, that five-star written review goes a long way, goes great for the show, does great for myself. It's a nice little ego boost to me and Will. If you're like, ah, oh, Adam and Will show, I look forward to it every Friday, blah, blah, blah. That'd be fantastic. If you don't have an Apple device, you can't do that. So what can you do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can send us tweets telling us how awesome it was or what you liked about it, what you'd like to change. And most importantly, that word of mouth, tell the people at the water cooler, the Uber driver, the waiter or waitress, 
your friends, family, if you walk past somebody in the street, they're walking a dog and they're wearing a Celtics jersey. Hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but this podcast, you, 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 I don't know how you're living without it. That type of thing, that would help a bunch. Will, man, do you, uh, you got anything you want to add before we bounce? You're too kind, my friend Adam. Uh, just reiterate everything you said. Let your friends, let your family, let them know. We out here. We ready for y'all. Come on. Please join us on this ride and uh, go fire up those Xboxes and Playstations. Uh, put in the 2K and have yourselves a weekend. Peace. And if you if you want to beat me, then send me a message. I'll give you my gamer tag and I'll let you beat. Well, I'll, you can play me. I don't know whether you're going to win. I probably <laughs> are going to win. Right, everybody. Peace. Have a good weekend. Ain't disrespecting you haters, I ain't sweating your opinion Y'all been testing my patience, never did it for a check I've been impressed with the famous, just rather be creative Than stressing my wages, ageless every time I lay a verse down One play at a time, keep it moving like a first down And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this MJ never made it to the majors, still he chased greatness Expected that he might fail, and I might too I might never get to pop champagne